Hey friends, welcome back to the show. I just wanted to let you guys know we have a really exciting sale happening Independence Day weekend. It will be from July 1st to the 6th. The Fab Four Fundamentals course is being slashed to $197. And it also includes five Zoom hours with yours truly. So not only are you getting the 15 videos, the 40 page downloadable PDF toolkit, but all throughout July, we are going to have our coffee together and talk all about health through Zoom. So you can ask any personal questions you have and we can get to know each other a little bit better. So these bonus Zoom hours are only going to happen throughout the rest of 2020. If you're interested, I would join us. Here's a little testimonial from the course. Easily the best thing I've spent money on in a while. And the extra time with you is invaluable. You make everything so clear. Your biggest problem is now turning us all away as clients. Thanks, Lauren. I appreciate that review. It's been so much fun to get to know you. And I'm really just loving the extra time answering each of your personal questions. So if you guys are interested in joining class two, it starts on July 8th. You have to get in and purchase the course before the end of the day on July 6th. So get in there, join us, and I can't wait to meet you. So without further ado, let's get to the show. Today's guest is Megan Roop. She's a celebrity trainer and the founder of the Sculpt Society. It's a dance cardio and sculpting workout that's available online and through an app. There are new workouts every week, ranging from five to 50 minutes. But today, I'm bringing Megan on to tell her story and to get you motivated to work out during quarantine. So Megan, welcome to the show. Hi, Kelly. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, uh, we tried to record this last week, but you know, I think everyone's <laughs> working from home and the internet's broken. So it's good, I know. It's good to hear you today. <laughs> I know. We're crystal clear. So that first step is good. I know. I know. So I'm, I'm really curious uh, how you fell in love with movement and how you got started. Yes. Oh my gosh. Well, you know, movement for me happened pretty early on. Um, my mom enrolled me in ballet when I was, I think, six or seven. And, you know, I haven't stopped moving since. Um, but I really started my, you know, movement journey with classical ballet. That was really my foundation and, and really just fell in love with it and, um, and really danced my way until, till college. And, um, and went from anything from ballet to high school dance team where I was I was on high school dancing, doing hip hop and jazz and all of these fun, different new modalities for me. Um, and then in college was at NYU's Tisch Dance Program, which was, you know, very much a conservatory where it was ballet and modern and very serious, um, what they call concert dance. Um, and then professionally found most, most success really more in commercial dance. So I did um, a little bit of theater, a little bit of um, company work. And then I was with the MBA with the Brooklynettes um, on their dance team for, for two years. Oh, wow. So did you, yeah. know, did you know that you wanted to make it a career? Did you, fe- did you feel it in your bones at such mm. a young age? Or what, like, was it always you know, there? No, absolutely not. Not crystal clear at all. Um, so it's funny that you asked that. No, I. Um, it was absolutely my passion. But I think growing up, I didn't really see, and maybe it was just a, a situation where I wasn't exposed to a lot of of modalities or other careers outside of a dance, uh, like a company, like a professional ballet dancer. Um, so. You know, I didn't really see this other world that existed um, in theater. You know, with the MBA and these other other career paths that you could take with dance. And so, 
I was really confused. You know, in high school, I, I definitely was academic and, and really poured myself into academics. And I think when it came time to figure out what I wanted to do, um, dance just didn't seem like the option. And I, and I, I just didn't see any other way um, to have a dance career and make a life or have a lifestyle that I wanted. So I actually, um, to kind of backtrack, my freshman year, I went to, I'm originally from, from California and I went to a state school for the first year um, at Cal Poly. And in my mind had, you know, decided to not pursue dance and to, to give that up. And it was, it was a really big eye opener for me. I think it was the first time in my life. Um, it was probably the, the darkest time in my life. Um, and I, I really couldn't figure out for the life of me, why I wasn't happy, why, um, you know, I had gotten into this great school. I was excelling academically. Um, I had made friends my first year of college. I had a great group of girlfriends. Um, but it was it was a pretty dark year, and, and it really took me a, the full year to understand um, that I was unhappy because I wasn't dancing. And, and unfortunately, that turned into you know, obsessing over food and body image. Um, and I, I think for that first year in college, I was very consumed with, with that. And um, as I learned, um, that obsession and that, you know, being consumed by that was really my way subconsciously of numbing my true feelings, which was, hey, over here, I'm really sad that I'm not dancing anymore and I'm not actually pursuing what I want to do in life. Um, and instead, let's numb those feelings and let's distract you um, by obsessing over um, your body and, and, you know, and food. So it, it unfortunately manifested into, into that. And it took me that full year um, and a help of a therapist to understand that, um, that, you know, I, I hadn't, I hadn't listened to myself and, and, um, and if I had, I think those, those obsessions wouldn't have turned into what they were. You know, what's so amazing that just like hearing you say that if you had followed your passion, you wouldn't have controlled in the space of your body and food. And I see that with so many clients, just mm. whether it's like not following their passion with their career or in a relationship or, you know, we're really like taking a minute to listen to who they are and, wh and what they need. And we just try to, when we feel sad or out of control, to really control something that we can control. And I feel like food can be the easiest for people to try and like over, like obsess yeah. over, or like over yeah. control. And, and that pressure then just is depressing, you know, whereas sometimes yeah. I'm working with a client and I'm like, this isn't about the food. Mm. <laughs> like we can write down what we're eating all day long and we can, we can plan and meal prep and everything. But like this, this is about the fact that you drive 45 minutes both ways mm. and you don't get to work out in the morning and you don't see your kids and you really don't like that job, but what you want to be doing, you're too scared to do. And so it's this, this life is going to continue where you obsess about food because you're not making yeah. space to do this other thing. I know it's scary, but we like the food will yeah. fix itself when we do what we love, right? Absolutely. And I, I think I um I just didn't realize that that was coming from just those unhappy feelings. And I think it was just just what you had said. It was it was easy for me to just start obsessing, which I had never had any body image issues or food issues. And up until that year, it sort of just came out of nowhere. And I think it was because at the time, it was the only thing I knew I could control. And um, it was really shameful. 
and I didn't talk to really anyone about it. And I think I was actually recording the podcast earlier um, a few weeks ago when we were talking about it. At the time, I feel like I was yo-yo dieting and I was binging. And I think nowadays we can freely talk about what binge eating is and how we are numbing ourselves with food and consuming way more than than we actually need. Um, but at the time, bin, we the word binge eating was just not discussed and it really wasn't... Um, there was no label for it. So I felt very alone. I felt very shameful. And I would have... I mean, the fact that I'm just sitting here talking about it now just blows my mind. But I I do think what the beauty of this situation that came out of it for me was, I know what it feels like to be uncomfortable in my own body and my own skin. So when I am talking with clients, you know, I can connect with them and I can... I don't think it... It doesn't matter what the weight was or how much I had gained that freshman year. It was what that feeling feels like when you are uncomfortable in your body and how that how you can relate to what I am talking with clients. Um, I think that that's really meaningful um, because I, I don't know that a lot of people, you know, I think they see me and they're like, oh, you've been thin your entire life. You don't know what this feels like. And and it, again, it doesn't matter about what I gained or what that number is. It's it's I I do act or uncomfortable in your own body. Absolutely. I, I will. I mean, even just from working with clients, so sometimes I walk into a client's home or a studio or wherever I am, and they, I, you know, from the outside, I'm looking at the most beautiful figure I've ever seen, mm. but it's, it's in relation to where they've been before or where they are now. And it has so much to do with like things outside of the body. How are you feeding mm. your body? How are you moving your body? How are you treating your body? And I think that, I mean, I truly think that's the definition of body love. It's not just like look in the mirror and say you love yourself. It's like, it's like, what are you doing? How are you showing up to show yourself that you love yourself? Because that, whether, and I've said this a million times, whether you're a two or it's size 22, it's like the people who are doing the work feel the best. Oh yeah. And I mean, let me tell you, the minute I, like... The minute I changed the conversations I was having with myself internally was the minute things changed, right? Like, how are you treating yourself internally? What are you, what are the stories that you're telling yourself? What are the stories that you're believing about yourself? I think it's a woman thing. I really do believe that so much, so many women, um, the way we speak to ourselves is just, so negative. Um, we would never talk to anyone that way, but our internal conversation, um, and the stories that we tell ourselves, unfortunately, can drive such bad behavior. Absolutely. So how did you... So you worked in the therapist, yeah. <laughs> you realized you were not in the best place. And how yeah. did you... What were the steps to kind of bring yourself back to your soul's center? Mm. You know, it took me a while. You know, I, I, I came home my freshman year. I, I told my mom, I'm like, listen, I, I'm just so sick of spending so much of my mental capacity on this. Like I was just sick of it. And so she, we, I went and saw a therapist. I really only saw the therapist. I think it was like two or three times. And, and I will say this, I really wish I had seen her um, or seen someone. I, I needed more than that. Right. Um, she had a, in those sessions, she had really broken it down to me that like, listen, you need to, you clearly are not following your passion. We need you to get you started to dance again, and so that I'm so thankful for that because she really broke things down for me. And and from there, I did. I moved to LA for my sophomore year, started taking dance classes again, and then I transferred to NYU. However, 
my behavior with my body and my mental uh, or my internal dialogue was still in a pretty negative space. Um, and it wasn't until I read a book called Women, Food, and God by Janine Roth that um, that it, things became clear. Again, I, I got into, it was like mid-20s and I was like, I cannot think about food and my body for another second like this. Again, I just got to a point where I was just so sick of it. And so it, you know, it took me a long time. I really had to work on myself, work on my internal dialogue, trust myself around food again, and, um, and just strip things away. And, and, and it definitely took a while. And I, I wish I had done a little bit more work in therapy because I think if I was working with someone, I don't think it would have dragged on as long as it did. Um, but I can say now, years later, I'm in just such a healthy place with my with my body, with food, and and I I'm so grateful that I put in that work because I feel like I'm on the other side of it. Um, and again, thankful that I went through it because I do think I can talk to women and relate to them if they are in that in that headspace of of you know understanding and and knowing what it feels like to be uncomfortable in your own body. Yeah. What, how long did the sort of yo-yo dieting and negative conversations last for you? Cause I think it lasts, it can last a long time for women, especially like when you think about your early twenties, I feel like that's such a, that's such a tough, like first, like six years, seven years for some people, even like the decade, it can be, you know, there's so many unknowns, like starting your life, Mm -hmm. starting your career, finding your person. If you are looking for that person, like there's so many ups and downs so many ups and downs. And again, going back to like what we can control in our lives. And I, I think it's just as women, a very easy thing to, to be able to, to think that we can control. So I think for me, it really lasted from like 18 to 24, 25, I think is when, you know, I'd read the book, I'd started doing the work. And then to be honest, the missing link for me, you know, I had started to dance professionally and then I had started to teach dance-based fitness. And I think the combination of working on myself in my internal dialogue, you know, trusting myself around food, eating real food again, not eating crap, um, not dieting, and and then starting to move my body in a really joyous way, which felt good and I felt strong. I think the combo of those two by the time I hit 25 was the real turning point for me. Um, for everything. Wow. So you started your business when you were 25. So I actually started teaching at a local studio um, when I was 25. Um, you know, like most dancers in the city, I was trying to figure out how to support myself. New York is really expensive. And so I started side hustling in fitness and in fashion. So I had three jobs. I was working a ton. Um, and I got into fitness again, kind of with the notion that like I can make money and I can stay in shape while I'm dancing professionally and really quickly into that fitness journey. I mean, I'm talking weeks into starting to teach. I really like fell in love with it. Um, you know, at the time I had already been dancing professionally for a while and it just wasn't filling me up anymore in the way that it used to. I felt like I had, I had achieved things more than I thought I could in my dance career. And when I started teaching fitness, um, I just felt this overwhelming connection with the community and the women and being able to see them day to day and and see the impact I was having on them. And 
Um, it was honestly at that moment that I saw such a longer career that I could have um, in fitness. And and while dance was will always, you know, hold a special place in my heart, and I will always be a dancer. Um, it just wasn't. It just wasn't filling me up. And and I saw such a, a bigger purpose um, within fitness. So I taught at a studio for for six and a half years, and then. Um, Left three almost three and a half years ago to, to launch my own company, which was is the Sculpt Society, and then launched the Sculpt Society app six months ago. So it's it's been a whirlwind, <laughs> um, but the best decision I've ever made. That's so amazing. I feel like giving your motivating other people and giving that joy to them and like seeing it transform their lives is. Is so much more motivating than just like doing it on your own. Yeah, you know, it's it's like you're part of this community, and 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 I think again, um, sharing a piece of of what brings me, I'm I'm so joyful when I am doing the Sculpt Society, and um, I just feel I feel so in align with what I my purpose is and what I'm supposed to be doing, and and to be able to share that with other women, so that they too can feel their best self, their most confident, empowered self in their own bodies um, is literally the greatest gift I feel like um, I can give anyone. Oh, that's so awesome. So what yeah. what keeps you personally motivated to keep to keep moving and and what do you do to keep your clients motivated to, to come back day after day? Yeah, I you know I feel really lucky. I, I, the community around the Sculpt Society really keeps me motivated. I, I um, so once COVID started, um, I immediately pivoted my business to fully digital. And, and I also live stream every day in my tiny New York City apartment on the app. Um, and it's, it's, it's the people that are showing up. You know, I'm seeing thousands of people tune into these live workouts. And I just feel a really big sense of responsibility to provide you know, fun, fresh content um, so that, that, you know, that the Sculpt Society community feels accountable and that they want to show up for themselves and, and the people around them that are also tuning in. And um, th- that to me is a really big motivating factor. Um, what else keeps me motivated? I mean, I love great, mu- you know, I love a throwback cam, some good music keeps <laughs> me motivated. Um, and, and again, just going back to what makes me feel good, it, 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 to me, the Sculpt Society just feels really good in my body. And I think it's so important that we find ways of moving, whether it's a HIIT class, whether it's yoga, whether it's weightlifting, whether it's the Sculpt Society, each of us really need to, just like it is with nutrition, figure out what works for you and your body and, and make sure that it feels freaking good. Right. I think the happiness and the joy factor really is is what makes it a lifestyle versus like dragging exactly. yourself to something that you don't love. I do find that the clients that love their workouts or just like really have fun during their workouts or have a community that makes it fun. I just, I don't have to worry about consistency with them. Exactly. You know, if you're having fun in your workout, you're going to want to show up the next day. And and um, I think what's been really fun during this time at home is seeing so many clients like Zoom a, a TSS Sculpt Society workout with friends and you can see like a bunch of them um, doing one video together, which I love <laughs> because, you know, like it's, it's one thing to do it on your own, but if you can bring people into your space um, digitally through a Zoom class or a FaceTime, I, I just think that's so fun. 
Definitely. And I think when it's live or they can see, you know, you can see your friend's face or your teacher's face mm-hmm. or whatever, you're like, oh, I got to show up. And if they can see you back, even if you're in a poorly lit apartment with a child yeah. all over you, you're like, hey, I'm doing it. We're all just figuring it out. <laughs> I know, I know. And the, it, so many videos of moms, like I, I really have to hand it to all of you moms out there. Like, you know, trying to fit in a workout while you're at home with kids is really challenging. So um, yeah, I love seeing there's, I've had so many videos of of moms doing the Sculpt Society and like their kids crawling over them <laughs> while they're working out. <laughs> you just are a human jungle gym at that point. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I know COVID's a little different, but I'm sure you your life, other than not being able to leave your, your house too often, um, hasn't really changed probably like food and sleep and um, like lifestyle wise. Can you run me mm-hmm. through a day in the life of you? What does it look like? Yeah. Um, again, I think kind of finding a workout routine, finding a nutrition routine. Like I, I think at this point in my life, I figured out what works for me. So um, it hasn't totally changed. I, I generally wake up around 7, 7.30, which again, to all you moms out there is like, you're sleeping in. Um, yeah. <laughs> but um, Do it so now. Do, <laughs> do it, it now. <laughs> I know both of my sisters have kids and they're like, oh, Megan, like, don't even say that. So anyway, so 7, 7.30, um, I'll wake up, I'll, I'll get a big glass of room temperature water. I'll put a half a lemon in, chug that down. I usually take a prebiotic um, or pre and probiotic. Um, I'll make a French press coffee. I really try and meditate on the Sculpt Study app. We have a bunch of short meditations. So it's usually like five or six minute quick meditation. Um, just to get grounded again, you know, it's, I'm, I'm still a work in progress. I still got to get out of my head. So meditation and then moving my body to really just give myself that moving meditation. So um, I then get ready for you know my live stream. I usually live stream at 9.30 um, Eastern every morning on the app. So I'll get ready for, for that. I will do that. And then after every live, I sit and I have a coffee chat with, with the TSS community. And we. Um, what's really, I think, special is I will be live. I'll have my coffee. And then, you know, the community can write in questions and I sit there and we, we have this conversation and, and I can't see them, but it's, it's, it's really fun. Um, and it's a way for all of us to get to know each other. And, um, and it's really nice because it is direct feedback, right? So I can, I can know what videos they like and they don't like. Um, and then throughout the rest of my day, I'm usually scrambling to get ready for an Instagram live. Um, I really try and take time if I am eating or snacking on something to, and I'm definitely not always perfect with this, but concentrate on the food while I'm eating it. There's no, you know, I try not have phones around or computers around. Um, and I'm, I'm really just eating simply real food. So I love, I love eggs. I love Ezekiel bread, avocado, um, grilled vegetables. So it's something of that nature. Um, and then my afternoons, I'm really putting on my business hat on and I'm answering a lot of, um, emails and working with my brand partnership manager on upcoming projects, um, and then creating content, right? So the, the content creation takes up a big part, part of my day, um, coming up with new content for the app, for my live streams, putting my music together. Um, you know, I have to tap out each song to make, make sure the beats per minute are on because the Sculpt Society is a beat based, um, uh, method. 
Um, so there's just a, a ton that go, goes into it. And I don't think people realize that just like the back end of what it looks like to create content. And they I'm just sure think you show up and dance. And they're like, she's making it up. You're like, no, I counted beats for like two oh, hours yesterday. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a lot. And, and I'm a small team, right? I, I don't have, um, I don't, have, it's really just me. Um, and, and so I'm, I'm really just trying to navigate the business side of, of my business right now. And, and of course, I just feel like I'm learning so much um, throughout this entire process. Yeah, definitely. Did you have a physical space in NYC before COVID? So, you know, I feel really lucky. When I did launch the Sculpt Society, there was this birth of this concept of um, incubator spaces in New York City. So I taught the Sculpt Society at two different studios that were incubators, um, which really meant that the studio held space for different trainers who were building their own brands to come in and teach their classes and build their communities. So um, again, feel really lucky that I, I didn't have to go the brick and mortar route and, and deal with rent and, and all the things that go into managing a studio and, and really was able to focus creatively on, on the Sculpt Society and, and working with my trainers and being able to teach um, at those two spaces. Yeah. Sort of like we work for dance studios or workouts. Yeah. Workouts. Totally. That's amazing. Yeah, exactly. That's, it's really nice to run your business in a lean way. It's kind of how I've run my business for eight years. People are like, how many people do you have on your team? And I'm like, well, I just have one person right now. <laughs> and um, she's new as of like two years ago. So it has... It's, I love hearing that. That's it's, great. It's, I think... I mean, when you when you really want to make your passion a career, I think it takes hustle. It, it takes you doing the hard work that's not fun, like you know, oh, editing yeah. your own editing your oh, own articles yeah. and like doing your own billing and getting in the back end of things. <laughs> it's good. It's good. That's I mean, listen, happy. I'm like I'm like a an editor now, a video like a videographer editor. I'm like, I'm, I, you know, editing all of my video content. I feel like I'm also a DJ, right? Like coming up with so, so many playlists. I, again, yeah, there's just so much work that goes into it. And like you said, it really takes, um, takes hustle, you know, and you have to, you have to be in it, um, in order to allow it to grow. Definitely. Definitely. So, okay. So your date, you, you're creating content and then what is, what is your evening routine look like? You're you're newly engaged, or have you been? I'm new. Yeah, yeah. I'm newly engaged. Um, <laughs> we got engaged over December, so um, yeah. I've my fiance and I have lived together for a while, but I, I I will have to. I do have to say, I I'm not great at like when professional and personal life begins and stops. You know, I'm often answering emails and and creating content. Like we'll be watching. Uh, you know, a TV show, and I'm like also editing a video. It's it's unfortunately doesn't really stop for me right now, just because yeah. I am a small business and I and I'm you're in those hustle years. <laughs> yeah. you're, you're on your way. You're on you're on your growth trajectory. I think it's normal. <sighs> yes, yes. So, um, luckily, my fiance is pretty um, used to that by now, and and he's okay with it. So, you know, we do try and cook dinner at night. I think that's a nice way for us to unwind. Um, so we'll cook dinner, um, a glass of wine, we'll, we'll hang. And then, um, usually, you know, we'll watch like one episode of whatever show we're, we're into at the moment. And then honestly, I really prioritize sleep. So, you know, last night we were in bed at nine 30 reading our books. Um, I probably read for an hour and then, and then we call it. Great. Phenomenal. There's yeah. nothing like sleep. 
such a... Uh, yeah, it, people it, underrate it. It's so it, important. <laughs> so important. It's such a... It's such a it's, it has such an influence on blood sugar balance, mood. Like really, if someone has body composition goals and they're not sleeping, it's just a cortisol nightmare. <laughs> so yes. um, I love it. It, it shows. <laughs> your sleep yes. and your movement and all of it, it shows. So... So what's what's next for your business and where where are you thinking you'd like to go? I think, you know, right now I'm just, you know, I think eventually we will all, you know, life will, will go back to normal. It'll be interesting to watch how the fitness space um, does this though. I'm not sure that in real life classes will ever be the same. So, you know, for me, I, I will always teach those in, in real life classes, but my goal, I think, right now is really fostering and growing this this TSS um, digital community and 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 allowing that to grow. Just because I I truly feel I can reach so many more people and and make a bigger impact um, digitally with the Sculpt Society. Um, so that's really my concentration. I would love to add a little nutrition element to the app. I feel like. A lot of people are looking for guidance on that. So um, I feel like there's just ways I can grow and, and continue to make the online experience even better. Um, I'm, I'm also growing as far as, you know, I'm, I've started to make some merchandise. So I have some sweatshirts and t-shirts online. And I also have a bunch of equipment for sale. So, um, you know, just expanding on, on the equipment that we're using. I, I'm about to launch my own dumbbells and my own ankle and wrist weights. and um, so yeah, I, I think I think I'd also really love to do like a national tour where I'm stopping in some of these cities that that um, I haven't been before and and can host um, a bigger scale events once we're back to normal and and have those you know in real life connections with people that are working out with me you know digitally on the app and and meeting them in person because I do think there is something so powerful about you know meeting the people that in real life that are working out with me, um, at home. Absolutely. They want that, they want that energetic connection with you that, um, that you want to get in real life, which is, yeah, that'd be great. And I I hope, you know, this all gets back to normal. So you're able to do that. I Um, know me too. (laughs) It's been hard on everybody, but you know, what's been really interesting too. And I'm sure you've seen this is I feel like for people who hadn't cultivated an at-home workout, like really, truly, like Mm. one thing to like leave your apartment or your house and go for a run or a walk or a hike or whatever, if you're able to do that. But, you know, that class feeling and whether it's hit or dance or yoga or whatever, to have to have the perfect, and I, I was definitely, you know, someone who needed this, that perfect energy and the perfect song, Mm -hmm. the perfect space. And like, that's how I got in my headspace. And that's, and I so miss it. And I really enjoyed those studio workouts, but this is the time where you're just like forced to, to show up and, and cultivate that at home practice. But what I've seen it do is it can create more consistency for people because it's more flexible and they can just get it done. I couldn't agree more. It's so interesting to watch. I think, especially if you live in New York or LA, we're really spoiled in this bubble of of, of great boutique fitness classes at our fingertips. But um, and I know so many people that were just would never in their wildest dreams do an at home workout. And I think we've all been forced to find um, 
find that for ourselves. And I think what it's showing people is that, yes, you can get a kick-ass workout at home. It doesn't have to be hours long. It can be quick and efficient. And like you said, it can really create a consistent routine for us. Definitely. What, so in your business and in your, um, you know, with your clients, what do you think are some like habits that lead to the most successful transformations or the most successful, like almost like lifestyle building habits? Mm. Like what, what can you think of people specifically or examples that like you've seen in your, in your business? I think again, it's, it's, it's those clients, you have to find something that you enjoy. Do you truly enjoy the workout? And then be the clients that can stick to the consistency. And I find for me, the clients, I have three different calendars, three different programs on, on the Sculpt Society app. And I find that the clients that follow a calendar, um, you know, show up every day, you know, they printed the calendar. They, there's something about putting pen to paper and checking that off or, what, or whatever, if you're doing it digitally, checking that off. Um, that those are the clients that have the most success just in general. Because I think consistency, meaning not, again, not meeting hours a day, meaning maybe it's just 20 minutes, but you're doing that over the course of, you know, four to six days a week. And those are the clients that, that see the best results, um, I think. Yeah. So what advice would you have for people that are just getting started? Shorter, more consistent workouts? Or what do you think? I think... The best advice for someone who has absolutely no workout routine and literally does not work out is is not to go into it. And I think, again, it's just like with, with food. It's not to go into it thinking you're going to be working out six days a week hard. I think if you have zero workout routine and like you really don't work out consistently at all, can you stay consistent for two to three days a week at 30 minutes? And if you can do that over the course of a month, then maybe you add on a day. And I think it's just starting out small. And, and again, that's going to sound really simple to people. And they're like, oh, of course you can do that. But I would actually really <laughs> see if you can stick to that. Um, because again, if you can just stick with that consistency and, um, and build upon it, um, then you're going to build that routine and then it becomes second nature. Because I think a lot of times people go into a workout routine and they feel overwhelmed and they're like, they just can't stick to it, right? So if you can just stick to it and build into it so that you're not thinking every day, am I going to work out? No, it's just part of your routine. It's like brushing your teeth. Right. Just building upon it. I think that I see that in my nutrition space too. I first start working with clients. They want to change their entire life overnight and they're never going to eat sugar again. They're never going to touch, they're never going to touch dairy. It's like they've made everything off limits. And I'm like, hold the phone. Can we get positive about this and do one good thing a day for Yes. And then let's build into lunch and then into dinner and then maybe into meal prepping and then maybe into like building out an Instacart. You know, like there are so many ways, but they just, you feel this pressure of like, I'm not doing anything right. I need mm-hmm. to change everything. And it's, it can be just so overwhelming and, and really create like paralysis by analysis and, and then that negative self-talk we talked about earlier. Yeah. No, abs- I, absolutely. Well, how much, how, how much do you think attitude affects um, their, people's outcomes? I mean, I think a lot. I think, again, I think it's your attitude about exercise is maybe the internal conversation you're having about your body and about exercise. So I think, um, I, I always ask people, you know, especially if they're not dancers doing dance cardio or sculpting, like, 
You're going to feel silly. You're going to feel ridiculous, but allow yourself to. Like allow a sense of freedom just to move your body to feel good. And at first it's going to feel a little silly, but the more that you do it, the more confident you get, you're going to allow even more um, freedom within the movement. So um, I kind of address attitude in general because I do see a lot of people showing up and they're like, well, I'm not a dancer and I'm not going to get it. Well, you, you may not. And you may be, I may be jumping up and you may be jumping down when you're off the beat, but who freaking cares? <laughs> you know, <laughs> just have fun with it and, and allow yourself to have fun and feel childlike and not be judging yourself while you are exercising because it doesn't need to be perfect. Yeah. It's so, it's so beautiful about children. The, ju- the judgment isn't there at a certain age, you know? It's like mm-hmm. they they start to self-realize and then they the judgment rolls in and then they start to edit their, their behaviors. But it's really mm. beautiful when they don't judge themselves. And I really wish, I really wish as yeah. adults, we could just have a little bit of that. Absolutely. And I think, you know, I'm, I'm pretty cognizant of that, especially in my dance choreo classes. And I, I get silly and I get, you know, goofy in them. And I think, but it's to allow and give others the permission to do that too. Um, because I think we all, we all want to feel that, that sense of freedom. Absolutely. And I think for people who never grew up dancing, I think I, you know, I danced until fifth or sixth grade and then I had to choose between soccer and dance. And I I liked my soccer friends a lot. So that's (laughs) the direction I went, but, um, but it, it, you know, that makes a big difference for people walking in the room and you know whether it's online or not, like, do they feel comfortable moving their body and, and feeling mm. ridiculous? And is it welcomed? You know, which is which is important because I think when you think about a New York dance studio or like you just, I just picture music videos, like people in like like the sweat leg things and like a headband totally. or like jeans and like a J Lo like. Yeah tube top and I can't keep up, you know? So No, totally. I mean, that's honestly what the impetus of, of what the Sculpt Society is about. I think when I launched it, I was so frustrated by um, the intimidation around dance-based fitness. Um, and I felt like at every single studio, unless you had a dance background, you couldn't just come into the studio and and get the movement. You would, you had to have like been a dancer. And I was like, I just felt frustrated for people. And, and I realized it didn't need to be so complicated. Let's, let's, let's make it simple, the dance cardio and repetitive, and then, and then give you the kick-ass like sculpting moves for the workout. So I think really everything about the Sculpt Society is like making it a, a way of moving that feels good at any level so that anyone can come and do these videos online or in the studio and, and walk out feeling successful and want to come back. Because who wants to walk into a studio, not be welcomed and, and feel you know like they can't get any of the choreography or any of the sculpting moves? Like That doesn't sound fun to me. Um, so I think, again, just... Let's not overcomplicate it. Let's make it simple. Let's make it fun. Let's make it empowering. And then, you know, you see these women wanting to come back because they feel strong and, and good in their bodies. That's so great. Well, I'm, I'm so excited for everyone listening to you know, go check it out and give it a try if they're looking for an at-home workout, especially if they're looking for something really fun and inclusive. And yes, I'm just so thankful that you were able to share your story and get people motivated Uh, because we're all looking, you know, we're all looking for those at home workouts right now and we're all missing communities. So, um, 
So I'm excited yeah. to bring the, the Sculpt Society to my community. Thank you, Kelly. Yeah. And for anyone who wants to know, there is a 14-day free trial. So I would really highly suggest come in with an open mind and, and try it for 14 days. And I, I really guarantee you're going to love it. I love it. Well, the last question on every podcast is, what does body love mean to you? Oh, gosh. Body love to me is just loving my body as is in every stage of life and knowing that it's, it's going to change and, and as we all do. And, and at every stage, just loving who we are. I love it. Megan, where can people follow along? Yes. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Megan Roop. Um, to access the 14-day trial, you can go to my website, which is thesculptsociety.com and come over and say hi. Cool. Well, it was so fun chatting with you and Thank you, I'm Kelly. excited to get this up for people. Thank you. So fun. All right. Bye, babe. Bye. Thank you for listening to Be Well by Kelly. Please subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Learn more at bewellbykelly.com and follow me on Instagram at bewellbykelly. I would love if you picked up my books, Body Love and Body Love Every Day. They're sold on Amazon and at all major booksellers.